Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie Clementine. Today is Friday, July 21, Saint 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. First up on today's agenda, it's going to be a scorcher in Riverside with a high reaching 103.9 degrees, while the low will settle at 75.9 degrees. Don't forget your water and sunscreen if you're stepping out today. Now, to the headlines we'll delve into today. We'll talk about a disturbing revelation, Russia's plan to attack civilian ships, a move that is expected to drastically affect the global food supply. From politics to weather patterns, we'll shift gears to discuss how the persistent El Nino climate pattern is expected to see us into 2024, amplifying global heat and threatening weather extremes. How might this weather phenomenon impact your local climate? We'll explore that. And finally, from the world of technology, leading U.S. tech companies are making a commitment to responsible artificial intelligence development, highlighting the urgent need for safeguards. Find out what these industry heavyweights are saying about the future of AI. Stick around for these stories and more on Alex's News. We start today with the U.S. National Security Council's revelation of classified information, accusing Russia of planning an operation that could heighten the tension between Russia and Ukraine and potentially disrupt the global food supply chain. Elias, could you break down for us the what this supposed false flag operation entails and how it may impact us? Absolutely, Connie. A false flag operation is essentially an act designed to look like it was carried out by another party, thus deflecting blame for the action. In this case, the U.S. believes that Russia is planning to attack civilian ships in the Black Sea and then blame these actions on Ukraine. This could significantly disrupt the transportation of grain and food, likely leading to an increase in food prices worldwide. You're saying this has the potential to affect the global food supply. What are the analysis saying about the implications of such a scenario? Well, if the Black Sea routes become unsafe for transportation due to the purported Russian actions, grain supply, which is already vulnerable due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, may become scarce. This can eventually affect global food prices, so the stakes for both Ukraine and the international community are incredibly high. This is serious indeed. Tell us about the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Why is Russia suspending its participation in this deal a cause for concern? The Black Sea Grain Initiative is a UN-supervised deal that facilitates the transportation of grain from Ukrainian ports. Russia's choice to withdraw from this initiative, after a Ukrainian strike on their bridge connecting Crimea to the mainland, only heightens tensions. Essentially, Russia is retaliating by crippling an initiative that has helped alleviate global food insecurity. And the U.S. is responding with more sanctions? That's correct, Connie. The U.S. is planning to impose additional sanctions on Russia aimed at limiting its military capabilities as a warning that its actions make the Black Sea waters dangerous for civilian shipping. Is there a military aspect involved here that our viewers should know about, Elias? Yes, Connie. In fact, Ukraine is currently using cluster munitions provided by the U.S. in its counteroffensive against Russia. These munitions can target larger concentrations of Russian forces and equipment, but there also exists the risk of unexploded ordnance, which may pose a long-term threat. John Kirby, the National Security Council's coordinator for strategic communications, has confirmed Ukrainian forces are utilizing these munitions effectively. Just to make it clear for our viewers, 
The situation we're dealing with here involves the U.S. accusing Russia of planning a false flag operation, Russia suspending its participation in the Black Sea Grain Initiative, Ukraine armed with U.S. cluster munitions on the offensive, and the U.S. imposing more sanctions on Russia. The implications of these developments extend to the global food supply and regional stability. That's right, Connie. And as this situation continues to develop, we'll keep monitoring and providing updates. Thank you for your insight, Elias. We appreciate your analysis. Now let's move to our next story. Up next, we're examining a climate story that's causing global concern. Let's connect with our science correspondent, Grace. Grace, can you tell us what's happening? Yes, Connie. According to meteorologists, the El Nino climate pattern is expected to persist into early 2024. For our listeners who may not be familiar, El Nino is a cycle that warms the equatorial Pacific, raising average global temperatures. And how is this El Nino event impacting our weather currently? It's getting much hotter, Connie. In fact, we've been seeing this already. The first half of 2023 has seen soaring temps, second only to those of 2016 and 2020. June 2023 was, in fact, the hottest June on Earth since records began in 1850. So, we're essentially talking about record-breaking hot weather here. Is it specific to certain regions, or is the heat affecting all parts of the globe? It's a global increase, Connie. However, some regions are feeling the impact more severely. The southern United States and Texas, in particular, have been hit hard, with close to 400 daily maximum temperature records being shattered in June and mid-July, and this trend seems set to stay. So the next few months are likely to get even hotter. That's alarming. Grace, are there any predictions for the rest of the year? Indeed, it's concerning. Meteorologists predict that 2023 has a higher than 90% chance of being among the five hottest years ever recorded. What's worse, the last eight years have all been among the hottest in history. This is unsettling, so what's the link between all this heat and El Nino? Well, Connie, El Nino works in tandem with current human-caused climate change to raise temperatures everywhere. Essentially, these two drivers make it more probable for heat records to be broken worldwide. I understand there has also been a study released related to this. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely, Connie. Researchers at Pohang University of Science and Technology found that even attempts to mitigate rising carbon dioxide levels may not be enough. Extreme El Nino incidents might increase in frequency and intensity, even with lower CO2 emissions. The study suggests that regions affected by extreme El Nino events might face significant climate regime shifts. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? How does all this impact the Atlantic hurricane season? It's a bit of a conundrum, Connie. While El Nino typically hampers Atlantic hurricane activity, the rising ocean temperatures could fuel them. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this year's hurricane season. As ocean temperatures around Florida reach alarming levels, it poses threats to the local ecosystem, including coral reefs and seagrass. These warmer waters can also augment hurricane intensities. So it's clear the consequences of El Nino and climate change are far-reaching. These findings, I believe, are a call to action for more comprehensive climate change mitigation strategies. Absolutely, Connie. Scientists are urging that more attention be focused towards mitigating the effects of both climate change and El Nino, as they have severe and complex implications for our weather patterns, ecosystems, and even industries. That's a lot to consider. Thank you for shedding light on this, Grace. 
It's been my pleasure, Connie. Hopefully this highlights the urgency of addressing climate change on a larger scale. Moving on to our final segment today. We're discussing some significant new commitments made by major U.S. tech companies around the responsible development and application of artificial intelligence technology. Ethan, our tech correspondent, is here to unravel the implications of this. Ethan, could you start by giving us a background on these commitments? Absolutely, Connie. So, Microsoft, Google, and OpenAI amongst others have pledged to the White House that they'll work towards ensuring their AI technologies do not cause harm. This is mainly about making sure there are sufficient safeguards in the creation and use of AI. However, it's critical to underline that these commitments are voluntary, which underscores the Biden administration's regulatory limitations over AI. So these voluntary commitments by tech giants are acting as a sort of self-regulation for AI? Yes, that's one way to interpret it, Connie. Until there's legislation from Congress, these corporations essentially have to set their own limits. But let's talk about the proposed pledges briefly. They emphasize on generative AI, existing AI models, and prospective ones. These pledges include red teaming, a way of testing AI models for potential harm, and sharing information with government organizations. They also prioritize research on the societal risks posed by AI while emphasizing cybersecurity and social responsibility. And I understand there is a broader, global perspective here with the recognition that AI needs global governance? Exactly. As AI technology rapidly advances, global regulations lag behind. Many Western nations are currently relying on this sort of corporate self-regulation. But, key leaders, including the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, have identified the need for collective efforts to address the ethical, legal, and political concerns surrounding AI. There's a call for the establishment of a UN entity specifically for AI governance to tackle potential global threats from AI technology. And yet, Ethan, defining AI and determining which systems are high-risk must present quite a challenge. Absolutely, Connie. Congress has the difficult task of defining AI and precisely discerning between high-risk AI systems and those of lesser risk. Also, there's a need to maintain a balance between regulation and fostering innovation. Treating all AI areas equally could impede technological progress. Transparency in AI tools' outcomes is paramount to ensure consumers can trust what they're using. And speaking of competition, Ethan, where does this place the U.S. in terms of the global AI technology race, especially against China? Well, Connie, China's burgeoning investment in AI has indeed raised concerns among U.S. tech leaders. Intel Corp. has just released a new processor in China specifically for AI deep learning applications, even as the Biden administration is considering more restrictions on exporting chips to China. U.S. industry leaders are advocating for the reduction of such restrictions. There's also news that the U.S. government might ban exports of high-end chips vital for AI advancement to China. Nevertheless, there's a belief that China's AI development will continue using alternate means. So we're looking at big steps being taken toward more responsible AI development, but these are voluntary steps and lack global regulation right now. That's right, Connie. The AI race, involving not just technological advancement but also ethical considerations in global governance, is definitely heating up. Ethan, thank you so much for breaking this down for us. Thank you, Connie. It was a pleasure. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, 11 Labs, 
and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.